Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Bigfoot Learning Podcast. The podcast that does not focus on the fictional creature of Bigfoot, but on learning, especially from those who have stepped into our lives, leaving lessons left imprinted on our minds. I am your host, Monica Tooze. Today's guest is Max McCoy. Max has an array of work, especially creatively so, such as being a videographer for Aubrey Marcus, a host of his own podcast, Looking Up, and an email newsletter to name a few of his projects. This episode touches on awareness, lessons from nature, courage, and journaling. And now for the episode itself. Welcome, Max. Thank you for joining. It's an honor to have you on today's episode of Bigfoot Learning. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. And uh, uh, it's rather mind-blowing to think that uh, you know, only a couple of years ago, was listening to your podcast and uh, mine started off as Mind Body Hoops, then looking up and now seeing your journey since then and how you've been able to continue to help out others through different means and try to you know continue to spread out the different resources that are available uh, through online and such and you know with all of that in mind wanted to see and you know currently you are working as a videographer for Aubrey Marcus. And so kind of like seeing you, uh, you know, with the journey you've had through your life right now, if you could share a little bit of like what it's looked like to get to where you currently are. Totally. Um, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. You found me with the podcast and the things I was putting out online and, um, I graduated college in 2017, so five years ago now, and I played college basketball. Basketball was my life up until that point. And towards the end of college, I was trying to kind of figure out what my life outside of college would look like. I wasn't going to go pro. I wasn't going to play basketball anymore. And when a sport takes up your entire life, it becomes everything for you. And so for me, the challenge, the exiting of my sport was a challenge. And I think that's something that a lot of athletes resonate with is the transition out of sport can be like this huge identity crisis. Who am I without this pursuit? Who am I without this thing that takes up my whole life? And I ran into some issues, mental health issues in that path. I I started to realize that I just, I became more self-aware too, without being so ambitious and driving and working out five hours a day, I started to sit with myself a little more. And I started to realize I get pretty anxious. Uh, I get a little apathetic and I can be a little depressed sometimes. Um, I don't have a lot of motivation and like life is not exciting me. Um, I feel overwhelmed. And so I started to just try to take care of myself as best as I could. And I started to read books. That was the first thing I started to read books. And then these books, and these people I looked up to in these books told me to meditate. And so I started to meditate and I was like, wow, I can slow down my thoughts just a little bit. Why, why wasn't I taught this in like kindergarten? <laughs> why was this not 
the first thing I learned, here's how to focus on your breath and to be mindful of what you're feeling. And that simple awareness of what you're feeling softens the feeling. And so I just was like, wow. And graduated college, didn't know what I wanted to do. I think I was, I graduated with an economics degree. I told myself, you know, before you go get just a normal job, go travel, dude, you've always wanted to travel. And so I backpacked through Europe by myself for what was supposed to be a month turned into three months. And I just really found myself on this trip. And I started to utilize these things that I was practicing back home in college, like reading and meditation. And then I got to practice these things in these like wild new environments, which really helped blossom me on this trip. This will all tie together, <laughs> but on this trip, I started to play with my video camera or on my phone. I just started to like take videos of the, the, the environment around me that was so novel and new. And I started to get this like pinging in my body. And because I had been meditating, I felt like a pretty good awareness of what my body felt like and when, and I was getting this excitement, this real like energized feeling when I'd pull out my camera. And so I just noticed that. And I was like, interesting. I had used to, I used to make videos when I was a little kid with my friends. And I feel like a lot of people have this story, but camcorders were so retro back in the day. So just to play with a camera with your friends back in the 2000, early 2000s was like so exciting. And so that I used to do that with my friends all the time. I used to make movies with them all the time. I was the, always the one directing and editing and trying to put together some sort of movie out of our memories. And I I hadn't really touched that for like 10 years. And on this trip in Europe, connecting with myself, being alone, and there's just so much other medicine that I got in that trip. But one of the greatest gifts was picking up the camera again and realizing, wow, like this is something I'm actually really energized by but i'm also like i have an eye for it and i'm i'm pretty good for never having done this for 10 years so maybe i could do that when i get home so i got home and i <clears throat> I, I interviewed for like full-time jobs that just weren't exciting me i was an econ major like i said and so all the jobs i was applying for were like a finance related cubicle stuff that i was just <clears throat> soul sucked by and so I decided to try and just wing it and try to sell videos for small businesses in my local area. I was lucky enough to be able to live with my parents. I got like a busboy job to like supplement my income. And so I started to just make videos. That was one part of my life. And then meanwhile, I was so passionate about all this stuff that I was learning about myself through this journey of just trying to become less anxious and less depressed. And so these things like meditation and journaling and just reading these personal development books and taking all these gems and, and feeling like I was learning so much and I wanted to just like shout it from the rooftops. I wanted to tell everybody I knew, like it's possible to feel happier and healthier and more connected and more grounded. And I had this lingering feeling of what if I knew this when I played basketball back in the day, back in college, back in high school, would this have helped me? And I was like, yes, this would have helped me. And so there was a vision to try to help my younger self. And so all the while I was trying to build up a video business, I was also um, sharing content online with a community. And I grew a community at one point to like 30,000 followers on Instagram. And I had a podcast called Mind Body Hoops, where it was like taking mindfulness and, and bringing it to the world of basketball. And then those two, it was kind of living two lives. It felt like where I was trying, I was growing a freelance business as a videographer um, which I was excited to buy. And I was being a videographer for people I really looked up to, people that were authors of the personal development books I liked, people that were podcasting themselves, people that were 
in this world of kind of bettering and, and becoming more whole as a person. And so I loved who I was working with on that end. And then my Instagram was like a basketball page. And so there was a disconnect and I just wanted to, for the sake of my own mental capacity, make things kind of all one. And so I changed my podcast to more of a general holistic feeling of if you're looking to become, you know, less anxious, more mindful, more creative, all the things I was excited about. This might be a place where we can talk about that. And then I had my video business. And yeah, last year I took a job working for a guy named Aubrey Marcus. He is, um, he's an author. He's a podcaster. He was a really important figure in my development, uh, especially post-graduation. He was one of my favorite thinkers. And right when I started my video craft, I was working for anybody. I was selling, I would work for two days and only charge a hundred bucks. Like it was, but I remember setting the intention. I was like, if I could work with someone, it would be Aubrey. And just a few years later, like through really crazy synchronicities, we became connected and we started working together. And now we've been working on a couple documentaries and it's been really exciting. So um, yeah, now I'm feeling the call to start podcasting again and getting back to all these things. So I'm very grateful to be here talking to you. And uh, that's that's kind of like the not so short version of how I got to exactly where I am right now. Thank you for sharing. And yeah, it's wild where life will take us. And it's rather fascinating to hear that like on your short list and like the top of the list that you had in mind for people to work with was Aubrey Marcus and then to be currently working with him and such is pretty cool to hear that like how it all ended up being and with that mind you said it was about a year ago that you started working with him and so I wanted to throw back to you a question that you've shared before and it's something that I've taken to heart and have revisited many times is Max if you could go back to Max of a year ago and whether it's related to your new job position or just your where you are in life at that time what advice would you give Max of 2021 hmm this is a good question yeah I do I do ask people this question all the time but um I'm trying to think June summertime (sighs) you know I was just I was in a real big season of change I just set the intention that um and the reason why I ended up actually getting this job was another power of intention kind of thing where I was doing a lot of things at once a ton of different things at once podcasting like consulting in a couple of ways, doing video stuff, um, writing, making videos. And I decided a year and a half ago or so, I was like, you know what? I want to pursue one thing for a while. I think I just want to focus. And I chose filmmaking. And so that's kind of how I began this path. I was like, okay, that seems like a good starting place. And so this time last year, I was just getting started with this new group of people I'm working with. I started working with Aubrey it was all manifesting very fast for me. I moved states. I was from from California and I moved to Austin, Texas. I was getting a bunch of new friends. My work was brand new. Everything was so new. 
I would, I would tell myself the same pressure that the same thing I would tell myself almost any time. The first thing would be like, you can take some pressure off yourself. Um, I, I hold a great weight on my shoulders to be, and it's that athlete in me that wants to perform at the highest level always. And I think there was just a lot of moving parts that looking back, I can say like, dude, it's a lot, like, that's a lot. <laughs> and I, I don't think I gave myself the grace of fully softening into how much I was experiencing at the time. And I expected so much of myself so early on. Um, and so they, I think, yeah, the, the, in a nutshell, what I would tell myself is, you know, you can soften a little bit, you can, and something I, I have written on my whiteboard right now is smooth is, uh, slow is smooth is smooth and smooth is fast. Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Or it's like Tim Ferriss calls it no hurry, no pause. So I have this tendency to like go super fast and do it hard and grind. And it's kind of like that athlete in me again, who wants to sprint and sprint, rest, sprint, rest. But I'm starting to realize in the creative world, it's probably more sustainable for my, for my spirit and for my mindset, just to, you know, bit by bit, bit by bit, make slow, gradual improvements rather than just trying to like plunge into everything a thousand percent. Um, so yeah, I would try to, I would try to take the pressure off a little bit. Nice. that. I definitely resonate with that as well. It's, you know, wanting to just go, go, go and try to just take on everything and then seeing like, okay, wait, like, yeah, where to incorporate that rest. And then also like checking in with others of like, wait, maybe I need help or like, I need to like, um, just, yeah. Going back to the awareness that you brought up a little bit ago and yeah, just trying to just take in the moment while a lot of stuff's going on. <laughs> totally. And like, and the big, like, taking the pressure off, especially work-wise, I think to like figure it out or to get to something. I know we talked right before this, we're all in a, always trying to get somewhere, but I almost always look back and tell myself, just just really soak in the the chapter you're in. Everything outside of work is is perfect. Work, maybe you want to shift a little bit. It's always changing and growing and evolving. Slow is smooth, smooth is fast, but enjoy your life a little, man. That's what I would tell myself. Like the people around you, the circumstance, it's like, of course we want things to change and everything's always changing. Everything's always in motion. So it's, it's, it's not falling into the illusion that I often fall in that where like my circumstance right now is permanent. So therefore I shouldn't enjoy it because if I enjoy it too much, I'll get stuck here. I got to make sure I'm focused and moving forward. It's like, no, you are moving forward. It's just slow moving. It's like a tree and you might be a whole different tree next season. So don't forget to like enjoy the season you're in now because shit can change really fast. And that's mm -hmm. what happened to me. I moved, I moved States. I left my family, left a lot of my friends in a lot of ways. It was what exactly what I wanted. And then I was like, man, was I enjoying it? Was I like, dang, I missed them, <laughs> you know? So just trying to have that awareness in the present. Oh yeah. And I appreciate you bringing in an analogy and metaphor to trees and nature and um uh, 
you know, that's something that seems to be one that you gravitate to in terms of, you know, the, how powerful of a teacher nature is in life. And so I wanted to pick your brain a little bit because I feel like when I was reviewing what you've shared in the past for this episode, I'm like, oh, I could probably have an episode itself on just like the lessons that you can learn from nature. And so I wanted to more take this and see, do you have a favorite lesson that you've learned from nature? Hmm. I don't think I have a favorite lesson from nature. Um, if I had to like distill it, it's just that I am nature. It is that like Alan Watts puts it that way. It's like, we have this feel and we're going to get esoteric, but I love to be there. <laughs> it's like, Alan Watts puts it well, like we have this illusion that we came into this world and it's, he's like, no, we're of this world. Like, like a, just like an acorn of a tree. We like, we are literally a part of this world. And so the best thing I've, I, if I had to give one thing, I would just like, you are not different than what you see. Like, and so if there's any part of you confused by yourself, it's easy to look at something outside of you and assume if I'm like that, like, what would I tell that thing? It's almost like if you're going through something, it's really easy for me to give you advice because I, I'm, I'm not experiencing it. Like I'm yeah. not, <laughs> I'm not, I don't have any blind spots to what you're feeling. I'm not unconscious to certain patterns. Like I'll just be like, Oh, that's that. And so in a similar way, it's helpful for me to project onto nature because I like to remind myself that I am of the same essence. I'm of the same chemicals. I'm of the same stardust <laughs> that this, everything in nature is. And so uh, yeah, it's a really good teacher. And then another one for me is just like nature's slow and a little more slow than I'd, I'd like. Like, again, circling back to patience and trust and a little more grace. And I think our culture is very sped up and fast and in the mind um, where nature's more like the body. It's, it's slow. Like you can go to the gym three days in a row those muscles need time to grow. They need nutrients. They need just like the tree needs water and soil and needs mm -hmm. the right circumstance to grow. We're the same. And so I think nature for me is, is always the reminder to pause. It's, it's the, take the breath. It's the take a slow max, chill out. <laughs> and then, you know, everything is more complex and intertwined and connected than you can ever imagine. Like um, for me, it's a, it's a good way to release control. It's, I'm not the guy who made the tree and the mountain and the, the hill and the cliff and the stream and the, and the birds and the coyotes and, and how all these things intertwined and interconnect and talk to each other and feed off of each other. And I'm not the guy, I'm not, I'm not responsible for that, but that is a beauty that I can't even comprehend. And so it helps me surrender control in my own life to, it's actually not so much to your control, Max. It's like nature's working through you. You are of nature. You you are like the coyote that is just following its instincts. And by doing that, you are going to be a part of something more beautiful than you could ever comprehend. And I think that's like, yeah, that's that's probably one of my favorite parts of nature. Is it reminds me of that very viscerally. That's beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> that was beautiful. I agree. I've never said that before. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. 
gives us that opportunity to that daily reminder of that stillness and just like that control humility and the list can go on and on and on and yeah um and yeah i know um from nature just like giving those reminders especially of just taking care of your physical self of like feeling like you're picturing yourself as if you're a plant or another animal like it's nice having a dog around the reminder of like oh yeah you make sure he has water wait do I have water like did how much have I had to drink today for water and like have I been outside have I gotten some movement in and so it's tremendous to see what we can continue to learn going forward totally yeah yeah you know me well you know I got the dog and my dog is again he's he's my he's like my favorite teacher he's he's always reminding me what I need when I forget he's like all right man stop working all right man let's get outside you know so I resonate well continuing on that you know theme of like stillness and patience self-awareness uh, one of the ways that you really push or you know highlight how we can reach that clarity in terms of self-awareness and grow through it is through journaling and so you've put together a whole course on it and there's a bunch of different tidbits of info that really dives into this so that um, if you had to give not necessarily a crash course right now, but like in just a shorter version than that, just what exactly makes journaling such a powerful tool to for reaching clarity? I think it was said to me we by my friend now, Eric Godsey, and he put it in a really well good way. I think we can go so long without being honest with ourselves. That's the first thing we can, we can go year. Like for me, it was 20 years that I sat down and had an honest, honest inventory and conversation with myself. And that was through journaling. It was the first time I had a, just a safe container. I never went to therapy as a young kid. And we all have, we all have so much shit. <laughs> we all have so much stuff going on. And that's just part of being human. Like life can be hard. Life will shake us up all in different ways. And I had a very blessed life in in a lot of ways, but because of that, I think I bypassed a lot of the pain I felt as a kid and a lot of the things that were troubling me. And so that, that for me, the simple act of just being honest with myself changed so much because all of a sudden I'm having a conversation with myself on a piece of paper, but I just, and all I had to do was just write. It started in Europe, actually, when it got serious. I was just wanting to write down all these cool and crazy things that were happening to me. I saw this today. I saw this today. And I just wanted to remember the, the little details that I knew I would forget. And then after I'd write some details down, then I would just start to write about how I'd felt. And then the things I was worried about and the things I hoped for and the things I was excited for, the things I missed. And I was just like, wow, after I write a few pages, like I just feel lighter. I just feel more connected to myself. I was like all these little things that take space in my mind are like open tabs 
of a computer and it's like journaling is just like click click like closing the tabs just letting them come out and by the act it's almost like talking to a friend when you talk about something that's been kind of lingering in your mind and you're not, you're not sure about it but when you start expressing it out loud you're kind of like oh now that i say that out loud it sounds silly or now that i say mm-hmm. that out loud i know exactly what to do about that journaling is the same way and at its most fu- like foundational essence the daily practice for me of being radically self-honest has changed my life because I don't have to do anything with that honesty, but if I'm honest with myself every single day, the organic ways in which my life will shift is just incredible. It's like, it's the, it's the analogy of the golf ball. If you hit it just 0.1 degree in a different angle, the trajectory of that golf ball is completely different or a plane. Like if you just turn the plane just a little bit, like it's either going to end up in like Mexico or New York, like it could be totally different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Same with journaling is, if I'm on it, like, what would my life look like if I just, if I knew myself better in, in a deeper way? And so, yeah, journaling has been huge with that. And, and for me, it's just with an anxious mind. I think we, we have an anxious culture where, again, we're, we're in the mind a lot. Like we're very mentally busy and because we're doing, we're ambitious and there's societal pressure and there's, there's so much that goes into that. So Whereas meditation for me is a kind of a whole nervous system slow down and it's really getting yourself to feel safe in your body. It's really connecting to the breath. It's really trying to like let thought go. That is also an amazing practice for me and life-changing journaling is different in that it kind of like takes the mind and works with it. It kind of unties the knot. It's like this knot, it's this messy computer and it's just sorting things. It's like, it's, it's, it's cleaning. It's, it's, and it's honesty, like I said. So <laughs> I could talk about journaling for a while, but I think in a nutshell, it's that self-honesty practice. And that helps you find clarity because clarity, like you, you, we all want to be like, what do I want in life? What do I want to do? What do I, how do I want to show up? Why, why is this happening? And it's just, have you sat with yourself, Max? And like, have you wrote the honest truth of what you're feeling? Have you let, and have you let yourself be honest? I think there's so much, we think we should be, or we think we shouldn't feel, or we, sh- and it's like, no, screw whatever you think you should be, feel, do like, what is the truth? And then mm-hmm. in being truthful, you can be like, okay, what do I do with this? And there's something that happens when you objectify your experience. When I write about what I'm feeling and it's really hard, even if I made a mistake and I'm beating myself up for it and I write about it and I'm honest, I'm like, I'm beating myself up because of this and this and this, and I should have done this there's something about writing it, then you get to almost see yourself as this third person. And if you were telling me something that you felt regretful for, or that you didn't, I didn't do what I should have done. I wasn't, I was being lazy. And you told me, and you're holding all this shame. I can just be like, Monica, it's fine. Like you're a human, like, Oh, like I hear you. And like, thank you for being honest, but like, you don't need to be so hard on yourself. And here's how you can adjust moving forward. And it's all going to be okay. Like I get to have those conversations with myself when I objectify what I'm feeling. And it all starts with the courage. I think courage is big, the courage to be honest with yourself because we're all kind of trained to not feel and we're all kind of trained to not be honest with how we're feeling. And the simple act of being willing to look at what you're feeling is a courageous act. And I think journaling is the easiest, most profound way to build that muscle. And 
Like I, I still hold to it. If, if someone journals every day for two full pages, front and back, without thinking, without, without filtering, just writing what's on the mind and letting it weave. You can go, and Julia Cameron in The Artist's Way talks about this. You could go from, I had this for breakfast and I'm worried about this. Oh, and I forgot to do this. And maybe I'll do this. And what am I going to do the next? And just going all over the place and not, not even filtering yourself, doing that for a month straight will change your life. Like it will, it just absolutely will because you'll have a deeper sense of awareness. Ideas will reemerge. Desires will reemerge. Things you're unsatisfied with. If you write about it and you're honest about it for two weeks, after two weeks, you're going to do something about it. Like you'll just be sick of talking about it to yourself. (laughs) And so it's such an elegant way to transform and just kind of align with yourself, I think, in journaling. And so my course, yeah, it's all about finding clarity and direction in your life, which really begins with finding self-clarity, finding self-awareness. And then from that place of self-awareness, how do you kind of design a life around that? So that's my crash course on journaling, Monica. (laughs) That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing all that information on it because I know it's something I like part that stuck out to me the most is like that courage to be honest with yourself because yeah Mm. we're we're brought up in a society where we're told not to feel or like don't don't address those feelings like sure they're they're real but like at the same time getting that mixed message of like well you can't um don't lean into them too much and then it's like oh "Oh, but now i'm feeling off and like i'm yeah i'm not feeling better because of it and such so totally yeah i think that's powerful right there yeah gandhi i I just found a quote i think it was gandhi it was like the most important trait on the spiritual journey is courage because without courage nothing else comes like the courage to change the courage to look at yourself the courage to feel all the good stuff happens on the other end of courage. And so that, that's cool that that part stuck out to you. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I have this one of my books that is on my pile of books to read, but um, the book Courage by Osho. Osho, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, by Osho. Osho. Yeah, that's one of my um, favorite books right and there. Yeah, seeing how much you've shared about it, I'm like, okay, I got to dive into this soon and, so yeah. um yeah it's that's one of those books that i read it over and over and over and it's like you could just pick up at a page and it's basically all his, it's talks he had transcribed so it's very simple it's it's written in okay. a way that he spoke it so it's very like elementary level reading but it's just it's really profound wisdom um just about the nature of courage and the nature of, of life really and and how courage and life are synonymous He he talks about and I, I'm sorry, I'm going off a tangent, but I love that oh, book. Keep going. You, you can't just mention my favorite book and we're not talking about it. <laughs> and uh, essentially he, he, he calls courage and life kind of synonymous. Like to be courageous is to say yes to life because life is unknown. Life is uncertain. Life is this, like it's this organism. It's, it's the tree. It's always changing. It's always something new. And so to say no to life is to, is to try to stay like the same is try to stay in, it's to live in the illusion that I can control and stay stuck. And it's just the con he just words it in a thousand different ways. And um, 
and just talks about the nature of life being very uncertain and being very unknown. And, and so to be in, 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 to be living life essentially is courageous because you're always living the unknown. You're always living in this thing that's always changing and you're, you're humble because you're like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And constantly saying, I don't know, but I'm willing to try and kind of look that is courageous. And uh, something I always have to come back to is like, you know, a good practice for me is sometimes journaling is journaling on the question where in my life am I being invited to step into courage? And um, if I answer that question, honestly, and, and slowly soften into doing the thing that I know I need to do that it's like the head of the arrow. It's like everything else follows after that. That is the most important thing for me to do <laughs> because I can busy myself with like, well, I got a lot of other stuff to do, but it's like, do any of those things require courage? Because the thing that requires courage is likely going to create like a huge ripple effect that I can't even comprehend. It's, it's me saying mm-hmm. yes to, to my future life that is waiting for me. And by just sometimes busying myself with the other tasks, I'm kind of just like a squirrel, like preparing his, his nuts and like just kind of moving my things around and staying exactly where I am. And courage is usually the, the act that moves me forward into my new life. And so, yeah, that's it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. Ugh. This is this is fun. You're this is fun to podcast with you. I haven't explored I these parts of my mind in a long time. <laughs> well, I appreciate you revisiting and getting back into it. And yeah. um because you have a lot to share and you you enjoy sharing what you learn with others and yeah. um and- how is journaling how has journaling impacted you? I'm switching seats for a second. You took my journaling course, you've taken my podcast course, you how is journaling? How has it been for you? It has been very helpful and impactful, especially in terms of, uh, you know, doing it for at least a month. And then um, I've started to notice recently that when there has been some periods of like a lot of change or like there's just a lot going on and started thinking about it a bit as you were sharing now is a bit of resistance coming up to wanting to be honest and lean into that courage to be honest with yourself and Mm. it's been a little bit more sporadic of late and it's for me I recognize how helpful and beneficial it is and return to it like I force myself to of late of like if it's a a tough time that I think lately it's been like once a month or so I'll be like no you need to do you're pushing off something like let's address mm-hmm. this and we're like oh my god it's like okay gotta keep going um so at this point it's just getting back into that daily routine because I do see how powerful it is and I have had it where I was doing it for extended period of time daily and just fell off 
And so then trying to remind myself now of, okay, you fell. Now it's time to get up and just yeah. get back on. Yeah. And like any practice, they come and go. And um, yeah, there's a difference in like, I'm, I'm genuinely like, you know, sometimes I'll have times where I'm too busy. Um, the, I usually have one non-negotiable practice of the day. Okay. And, and so right now that's meditation for me. And so I'm in a season of needing to prioritize meditation and journaling. I might journal two out of three days, two out of three, which is a lot for most people. But for me, I'm like, it's not every day and that's okay. But it's good to know for you, am I just busy or am I, am I, it's cool that you've built that foundation in the practice so that now, you know, am I hiding from myself? Like, am I Mm -hmm. squirming from the truth? Like, why don't I want to do this? Um, And I, I'm there often. It's like, I'm sometimes when I go like maybe four days, that's a lot for me. I'll be like, what are you hiding from bud? Like, come on. Like, and it's always first little bits uncomfortable. It's like, uh, as you were talking, I was imagining like cleaning a, a, a clogged sink and it's like, oh, I'll clean it later. I'll clean it later. We just keep adding shit to it. We keep adding shit to it. And then when we start to clean it through journaling. It gets messier at first. And it's like, whoa, we have to look at it. Oh, it's man, it's messy. <laughs> and but we just have to like give it some time, let the water keep flowing. And after a few minutes, the water is flowing, the, the drain is clear. It's all good. Um, I think it's that initial messiness that we avoid is like fe- feeling the wrath of, wow, I haven't cleaned this sink in a while. Damn. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so like no shame if you don't journal, but just knowing that it's a practice that supports you it'll 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 call you back okay cool that's comforting to hear because like yeah oh yeah. um, <laughs> and, and don't don't let it be another reason to to tell yourself to do more and be more and be more and yeah it's you know that's yeah we got enough of that <laughs> true true uh, well um before we move on to the core questions I did want to check in, you know, we touch on a little bit of your favorite book. I wanted to see with you about, have there any been, have there been any books of late where maybe it's something you've revisited or it's something new that just something that you've read recently that's really resonated with you that you, you think more people ought to read and take in? Hmm. I've been in a, I've read less than usual. Um, and I think I spent years consuming information and making it a part of, that was a part of my practice, like read, you know, 30 minutes a day. And when I was lost, I, I saw some good tweet the other day and it was like, when you need ideas, uh, I'm going to butcher it. When you need ideas, read. When you want to create ideas, write. And mm-hmm. so I went through years of just reading. I read so many books, um, a lot of great books, a lot of shitty books. And so these last few years have been, last few years, no, last like year and a half has been a season of actually consuming less new books. I, I couldn't tell you the last time I read a book through, all the way through. And instead, I'm revisiting my favorites. And 
I'll, I'll tune into myself and feel like, what, what do I need right now? And I'll, I'll go to one of my favorite books that I know could provide some solace in what I'm feeling. And I'll almost treat it like, I don't know if you know what tarot cards are when you have a deck of cards that you can pull a card and it has some like spiritual message for you. And you just, you pull a random card and it's always like, oh, wow, that's perfect. I kind of use my books like that recently. I'll, I'll, I'll be like, what am I needing? Do I feel creatively blocked? Okay, let me go to the artist's way. And let me just like open to a page and try to, and then I'll skim through and oh, this section will be perfect. And I'll read like a chapter. And so that's kind of how I'm reading. And there's a wisdom that I'm, I'm realizing in, you know, we could read, I think it's important to read a lot of books to like build your foundation to find out what books you like. Cause you can't know what you like unless you find out what you don't like. And so you have to read a good amount of books to kind of figure out which ones stand out. Um, Cause you could love a book, but you might feel like, Oh, I might love every book. And then until you find the books that you don't love that you realize the books that you loved were for a reason. And so I have like, I would say like five to 10 books that I absolutely love that I revisit over and over. And, you know, we're always changing. And so every time I read a new book or read an old book as a new man, like I find things that I can't believe I didn't underline previously. I was like, how, how did I miss that? Or why did I underline that? That was so simple. Now, now I'm realizing this is so profound and like the wisdom you can return to it with a new mind and a new perspective. And um, so that's, that's something. And, and, you know, you read a really great book and you're like, that was one of the best books. Like it changed everything for me, but then you kind of move on and you live your life. And that, that those, that wisdom is less primed in the mind. So I think for me, revisiting the Mm. books that, are really important to me helps me keep it fresh and it helps it. It's like repetition, repetition reprograms us, you know? So mm-hmm. if I can read courage by Osho like twice a year, <laughs> like it's one of my before bed books. Um, and so I'll just read it and read it and read it and read it and read it. And so that wisdom in that book is becoming deeply ingrained in me. Whereas the first time I read it, I really liked the concepts and how they kind of stretched me. But if I'm not constantly holding that stretch, I'll kind of fall back into my, it's like the body metaphor. I'll fall back into my normal mode of being. And so I try to revisit my favorites. I like Courage by Osho, uh, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Everybody loves that book. Another good one. It, yeah, it's just, it's taught me, it reminds me to fall. It's like following your instincts, following what feels good, following your path. It's a, it's a story about a boy having courage to, to live his true life. Um, let's see. I got my favorites right here. I like Austin Kleon's books on creativity. Um, Show Your Work, Steal Like an Artist, and Keep Going. Three books by him. Lion Tracker's Guide to Life was a really good one by Boyd Vardy. Another short read about this guy who tracks lions for a living. And, and he uses that as a metaphor for essentially living like your calling and living in alignment with your highest self. And that's a book I've been journaling about a lot this year. Um, so those are a few, I have, I have a good bundle of them, but that's kind of my philosophy right now on, on books is yeah. Revisiting them until they become just a part of who I am. Well, uh, yeah. How about you? Um, 
Bet you so, didn't expect me to flip the questions on it. <laughs> What's it? Do you have a favorite um, book right now? You said favorite or one that I like read recently? Uh, let's say favorite. Favorite. I. Yeah, I would have to go. The Alchemist. And that one um, is one that I want to definitely like revisit often. And yeah. uh, another one that is at the top of the list is The Third Door. Mm, that's a good one. And uh, yeah, I. Yeah, those are good too. I have to go with those and they're uh, it's that's always a difficult question of like what's your favorite book since like okay wait let me just go through this entire list and but those are the ones that definitely stick out to me the most yeah cool and uh, um and yeah cool. so yeah can Always got a lot available for the knowledge that comes from books, whether you read them, you listen to them, however you take them in. And um, and yeah, just going from there. And uh, on that note, it's time to dive into some of the core questions of the show, which incorporates the title of the show, of Bigfoot, viewing it not as a fictional creature, but more so in, with a definition in terms of people and or experiences that have stepped into your life, whether they were positive or negative and left some kind of lesson on your mind that really resonated with you and that you carry forward going uh, from in your mind and with that what who would you consider a personal bigfoot of yours in terms of people that you've interacted with either in person or in at least like now we've turned to a digital world a little bit more even if it's like you were able to talk with them through using technology hmm. Hmm. Yeah, what came up first was my my dad, to be honest. He was my first like superhero. I think with a lot of young boys, that's the case. He was just uh incredibly driven, incredibly um supportive to our family. He was just such a rock. Uh I always I, you know, I have, we're so different. So he's always been a good mirror for me. Um, I'm, I'm much more sensitive and much more kind of connected to myself, which I think is, is awesome in a lot of ways, but he was such a, such a grounding force, you know, just so solid. Um, and uh, really generous with the people he loved. He always kept the people he loved around him. Um, Grew up with aunts and uncles all around us all the time, sisters around him, you know, family was always close. Like 
and he was always like the quiet the quiet leader you know he didn't need the the he didn't need the praise he didn't need the the thank yous he just he just did it out of love um and he was humble you know he would meet he had all the things to brag about he was a, a stud in many ways and he would just he would always deflect the praise to someone else and uh yeah i think that's like someone i continue to learn a ton from and just how to navigate the world as a man and as i get older i have different questions than i did when i was you know a 13 year old basketball player so he's always been he's always been like yeah he's always been the guy yeah and of course there's always there's so many other people that i just learned from through books and podcasts and the season of life i'm in always changes um in terms of who i'm listening to and learning from but i would say he's probably the most evergreen consistent mm. like teacher in my life well cool thank yeah. you for sharing sounds like yeah great person and uh as that uh, had rippling effects from um being able to teach much through what he's done and been able to share with you yeah. and uh then kind of taking a step backwards now and you sort of uh start touching on it a little bit in terms of like who would you consider under the definition of a bigfoot from afar for you for it's not necessarily someone you've met but you've taken in their content through it could be from anything from books podcasts videos documentaries anything of the sort and um that their work has really resonated and left some lingering lessons on your life yeah um one of the first ones that comes up another evergreen is uh even though i don't digest his content that much anymore but still i'll check in on it every once in a while and i know you're a fan of him is uh tim ferris mm -hmm. he was he appealed to every part of me especially leaving athletics because i was i was lost didn't know kind of really what to do to help myself and one of the first books i read as a, a gift from my dad of course and um i hadn't really read books but i read the four hour work week and i was like whoa like this is a trip like no one thinks this way no one thinks you can be self-employed and do your own thing and work less and design your own life like this is no one's teaching this and so i always had tim ferris in my head and then when I was kind of going through my existential crisis, I found I just liked the way he approached learning from people who do well in whatever their thing is. And he dissected the wisdom and I found that very helpful. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of the approach I took with basketball. Like I modeled Kobe Bryant and Kobe would do the same. He would just find players he liked. He would be like, okay, what is working? And I can use that. And like, it's a very simple approach. And Tim was a good example of that. And I credit Tim for like being the guy who kind of opened the door for meditation for me. And mm. um, that was just changed my life. And I think he probably even was one of the subtle starters of why I started journaling, even though I don't consciously remember the time, but he was just like important in that way. And as I grew and got older, um, definitely found other people that was resonating at the time. And, but Tim was always, you know, there was always something that Tim would share that would hit and really mm -hmm. resonate and approach. I, I respect his, his honesty. He, he's also, I, I really value humility. 
Um, which is, it's cool to be able to, to share what I like about people with you and not understand why I like them, but in sharing them, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, I like humility and my dad and Tim, <laughs> I like, for me, it's this, it's a great sign of wisdom when someone's humble, because the more, you know, the, the more you realize you don't know. And uh, Tim was always humble, always celebrated his guests, always extracted wisdom for people and felt very service oriented. He gave a lot, you know, so um True. Yeah. And I just respect him. So Tim Ferriss is probably one, one of the other big ones. Cool. 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 Yeah. Um, he's definitely one of those near the top of my list as well. And yeah, yeah he's uh, been able to share much and just another area and person that helps share the wealth of knowledge out there to the world and trying to hopefully make it a little bit better and um and yeah I just think of it's great seeing his like newsletters each week just to see like oh what's available and then I know for a while like your newsletter would come out at the beginning of the week so I'm like oh these are good bookmarks they either start or end the week and like go from there yeah. And yeah. a lot of resources to just uh, chew on throughout the time. Yeah, so. totally. Awesome. So then we're going to take another step back. And this time, what, what or who would you consider a fictional Bigfoot of yours in terms of like a fictional character from a story or even if there isn't like a specific character, but even like a story that's really resonated with you and had a lot of themes and lessons that jumped out to you after taking it all in. Um, anything that comes to mind for there? I'm going to give you my two answers because the first one is like the easy answer for me to give because it's, it's, it is the truth. It's the alchemist was one of the most, uh, that fictional character of Santiago, you know, going to Egypt to find his personal legend and his story of how he got there and following like essentially the good omens, which are essentially like whatever felt like his instincts were telling him to do. He just followed that and it led him exactly where he needed to go. That like, that was one of the best stories I could have found when I was trying to find my path. Um, but I've talked about that a lot. So when, as you were saying that, what actually came up was like a story, a story that has gravitated, like in the last few years that I've gravitated to. Um, and I always try to be curious of why we gravitate to certain stories. Again, my friend, Eric Godsey, he, he studies like mythology a lot. And he always says like, whatever movie you really like, like be curious why you like that. There's some archetype in that movie that you're like, you want to embody more of. And one of the movies I was, uh, I was living in my van at the time I had a van and I was just kind of being a, a traveler and trying to figure my life out. And, uh, I was living on the road and I, I was bored one night by myself in Santa Cruz, California. And I went to a movie theater and I saw by myself, Aladdin. And it was the new Aladdin with Will Smith. And I was like, this is fun. This is a cute little Mac state. And I left that movie feeling so energized like something about the story of Aladdin spoke to me so deeply. 
and I've actually never like articulated it. So this is fun. And I've watched it again since. And I think it's the story about this, this boy who he's so crafty and he, he's so smart, but he's kind of feels like he's on, he's on the outside. He feels like he doesn't belong. He doesn't, he, he just doesn't feel like truly a part of the collective society that he's in, but he finds like his way and he's, he's doing just fine with his monkey companion, which, you know, really reminded me of my, me and my dog companion. And, um, he meets this princess and he goes on this quest to trying to, and they really hit it off when they meet and he's not trying to be anybody. He's just being himself. And, but then he starts to feel like I need to change for this person. I need to get all the fancy stuff like the, like the rest of the people in the kingdom do. I need to do this. I need to do that. And so they're back in each other's proximity and, she wants nothing to do with him now. He's essentially lost himself. And I think, and for him, it was, a, it was a, a journey of remembering who he was, no matter where he is, even if he is now in royalty, if it, even if he is now like a prince with the princess, to not try to fit that mold of what he thinks a prince should act like, and instead just be Aladdin, just be that street rat who is crafty and smart and funny and and himself wherever he is. And for me, that was just a beautiful metaphor <clears throat> of whether it's with a romantic partner, you know, don't be what you think they want, be yourself. But I think it's more of a life lesson of no matter where you are, no matter how much I've progressed, um, don't try to play the role of what you think a, someone in that position should be like. Even podcasting, I was like, sometimes I tried to play the role of podcaster. And like now that I'm coming back to podcasting, I'm excited to just be me within that space. Mm -hmm. And knowing that, reminding myself that we all have these special little things that make us us. And um, yeah, like don't wait until it's too late to like come back to who you are within this life that you're living. And I, Aladdin, yeah. I don't know if I articulated that well, but I love I that movie. So. <laughs> And it's playful and it's silly and it's, they sing and it's like, it's Disney. So I think it's Disney, but yeah, that one, that one definitely stands out. No, that was really well put and like refreshing in terms of thinking through and seeing the lens that you came at it and then like seeing like, oh, like as you were explaining that I'm like oh yeah that that does like fit really well with there and oh. <laughs> and i it was just funny because i i saw the movie when i was living i was like traveling in my van so i really felt like an outsider like it was a fun adventure but to travel and live in a van for a little bit it was a cool van it was like not it wasn't bad it was very bougie but it was just perfect for me because i really did feel like an outsider to an extent and it's like Aladdin, his nickname is like the street rat. So on so many levels, it was perfect for me at the time, but it wasn't until rewatching it when I was like in an apartment in a nice little city that I realized, wow, this metaphor like carries over. So yeah, I'm glad it resonates. <laughs> it's, it's cool when you get to revisit stuff that you've taken in before and like being able to see like, okay, mm. I, I like this, but then 
really being able to see on the following watches and in terms of using the medium of like movies or shows and such in terms of like wait oh now i see and then yeah so yeah totally. i feel that um yeah yeah well said that's why i think i like filmmaking so much it's like the first time you watch something it's all about enjoyment it's an, it's like how is how is that experience and it's like oh yeah and then it's not till like later that you realize like these mediums of movies and film and they they can plant seeds in you that you don't even realize mm-hmm. you know and it's much more subtle than maybe reading a book or listening to a podcast it's it's more like passive which is interesting true yeah and and it can be more playful uh, which is rare sometimes in the the process of self-discovery and sometimes it can be very serious. So film and movies and Aladdin can be like the silly light childlike playful experience. That's also teaching us, you know, Mm -hmm. and is needed at times. Totally. So, uh, so thank you for sharing a bit of yourself through those answers. And uh, the last question that I always revisit each episode and it's been interesting to see each guest version of what they provide is if you were allowed the opportunity to either change or just add your own version of the definition of learning in the dictionary based off of your life experiences and what you've taken in how would you define learning would be your max definition of it i'm gonna draw on the wisdom of like the book courage and osho that we talked about but i i do believe it and learning is just it's just living it's just um and it's just saying yes to what's happening and um yeah, it's just, it's the humbleness to say yes to what is happening in your life right now. You can't help it. No matter what you're learning, learning is living. Like in a year, you're going to be like, Oh, I didn't realize I was learning this. Oh, I was learning this. And um, there's many other ways to learn more actively and more studiously. And I'm, I'm a big fan of those. And I've done those many years, but what I'm learning these last, this last year, especially has been just life lifing for me and i've learned so much and i've grown as a man so much and so my definition of learning right now is um yeah just saying yes to the season i'm in and to allow it to transform me as it as it must as it will that's awesome yeah and uh, uh max it's been great having you on uh, any final words of wisdom or lessons you'd like to share with the listeners today i'm just grateful for you monica this was awesome seriously um it's so cool because i remember when you said you wanted to start a podcast and you weren't sure how it would look and to be here talking with you and you're just you're asked amazing questions and you held space incredibly and i got to explore ideas and memories and things that i haven't explored in a long time so this has been a real gift for me so just thank you to you and thanks for having the courage to start a podcast and not knowing how it'll start and just doing it and listening to yourself and your desires. And I'm proud of you and thank you for having me.
Thank you, Max. I, and I yeah, appreciate having you on and it seems kind of full circle, at least on my side. And um, yeah. like you said, um, having shared in the past and then taking the course and um, yeah, definitely a lot of what you've shared has been able to help me be able to learn and grow and see what this unknown looks like and what this adventure is and it's been a fun trip and um and with that in mind in terms of like you're revisiting podcasting a bit more and you got different um ways that people can reach you or projects and such uh how if the listeners would like to reach you uh are some of the best ways that they can yeah, my Instagram probably is a nice central point. It's at Max W. McCoy. And then um, if you'd like, I could send you my link to my newsletter, which is where I send a little more. The, the link is a weird thing. I got to just send it to you and you could put it in the show notes. Okay, but um, <laughs> my URL is funky, but that's a good place for me. I uh, It's also a central place for me to share whatever I'm using on in real time and just being super honest about, you know, it's, it's for me, writing is so expressive and, and such a healing tool. And so to be able to write what I'm kind of chewing on in real time and to share them with the community of people and to hear people respond like, Oh, I'm feeling really similar. Like it's such a beautiful container. So the newsletter I think is what I'm most excited about. And from there I can link to whatever else I'm up to, but um, yeah, we'll share that together. And then Instagram newsletter, that's about it. Perfect. Yeah, I'll definitely add those into the show notes so that people can access those. And yeah, it's been uh, great being able to deep dive today in terms of going through that patience, honesty, clarity, impact of, you know, learning his life and doing so today and making the most of it. And as always, keep on learning. Thank you all for listening. Now is the post-episode reflection portion of the show. For here, touch on anything that came up during putting together this episode. And for me, it was a rather amazing experience being able to review and look at anew with Max some of the different areas that he's brought up before and dived into in terms of awareness, courage, journaling, and what all those look like within life and seeing what they can allow for opportunities for further learning. Each of those areas are timely and evergreen within life. I know ever since talking with Max kept ringing in my mind of viewing journaling as a reframe, not this thing to do, this thing instead as an opportunity for some self-honesty. 
and seeing where that self-honesty will take you from there. With that in mind, first, highly and strongly encourage you to check out the links in the show notes to be able to learn and see what Maxell has, especially on different topics similar to what we touched on along with others in terms of holistic learning and well-being. I wanted to wrap up this episode encouraging and inviting you all to view two areas of your life. Like you to ask yourself where you can approach the opportunity to be honest with yourself through journaling. Carve out a little bit of time and see where that takes you. And the second thing, this could be while journaling or outside of journaling is a check-in with yourself in terms of where in my life am I being invited to step into courage? On those notes, we'll wrap up this episode. And until next time.